0: I feel that different things will appeal at different points in people's lives. I feel like it's super important not to shame that experience for me as a personal trainer, for as a coach, a fitness instructor, whatever you would like to title my job role as. It's really important for me not to shame a client's experience of something that you've used before because ultimately that's something that's maybe brought them to you as a client or for you guys listening that has used that as, a, as an experience before. It's giving you knowledge and giving you that decision that actually I've learned something from this whether it be a good point or a bad point and you've now been able to mold and adapt into your own life. Yes there are always going to be positives and negatives to everything and we really do shame a lot of these companies in the fitness world. Because you want to get your point across as much as possible. And it's really difficult to do this in a soft and gentle way that's going to allow you to get your point across here. But unfortunately, there's some really shit PTs too that also have a lack of education and lack of understanding and give across their poor knowledge to other clients as well. So unfortunately, the fitness industry, especially right now, is is a total minefield there is so much in terms of things going on that it can be quite overwhelming for people who are a wee bit lost in in that sea of nutrition, of fitness and exercise. After I had
1: Jo, who's now
0: eight, and it was that kind
1: of time when was obviously heavier than I was before I had him um, I didn't have the routine of going to work full-time I didn't really have a lot of structure obviously with a, a kind of a, a newborn baby and that and I turned to Weight Watchers to try and take control of something uh, within my life because I think what I've realized over the past like kind of 10 years is that I need to be in complete control of something or I feel like everything is spiraling out of control um, and food was the one thing that was the easiest one to get under control, I suppose, at the beginning. Um, and I joined Weight Watchers, a member, and then 18 months later became a leader after I got to my kind of goal weight. And I truly believe that, you know, all these diets that are out there, Slimming World, Weight Watchers, Herbalife, Slim Fast, they work For certain people, they don't work for everybody. They're not everybody's cup of tea. And I think looking back, you know, Weight Watchers wasn't, not rocket science. It was lower your calorie intake, decrease your saturated fat, decrease your sugar, watch your alcohol intake and move a little bit more. Now, I was never ever the fit person at school I never really found a sport at school that clicked with me that I was good at particularly Um, I just did like a little bit of everything and I was okay at most things I think that's always really been in the back of my mind because I could never find a sport that I was good at I always kind of thought that exercise wasn't for me but one of the um one of the best quotes ever to come out of Weight Watchers was it is about like people just getting up and moving more and it's it basically says you know no matter how slow you're going you're lapping everybody else who's sitting on the couch and it really resonated with me and I thought you know what I don't have to be running 5k 10k half a marathon I just need to get up move my bum a wee bit more than it has been before and that was how my kind of exercise started up again um I went for walks me and that pram we did a lot a lot of miles that boy slept a lot outside (laughs) um and then as I say the increase in confidence when you get fitter like that could you go into a jog um and then I went down the the kind of join a gym route and at that point I think I had a a really good balance of um, my food intake and my exercise and I was in control of both of those things and then I suddenly changed job and my husband and I opened a restaurant and suddenly my control of my food wasn't there at all, I was working long hours, I was working different hours to what I was uh, before I would work maybe nine hours without having anything to eat that was a personal choice that wasn't because anybody forced me to do that Um, but my suddenly my my control of my food intake wasn't there anymore and also I was eating restaurant food all the time
0: sometimes we have a huge emphasis on good foods these bad foods and I hate to use that terminology I just like to put it across as food being fuel and understanding that there's better ways that we can fuel our body with good nutritious food that's gonna give us energy for a lot longer, make us feel more fuller, make us feel good from within, rather than fueling our body with foods that maybe don't have the same benefit. But at the end of the day, meals like this every now and again is not gonna have as dramatic effect as what social media, pushes on people food is fuel and we need to understand that regardless if you've had a McDonald's for your lunch one day for a pre-workout before you went to the gym you know it's not something that happens all the time and at the end of the day we need to understand that food is fuel I've had one of my best runs ever longest runs in my life and it was fueled by a Greg's sausage roll shout out to Greg's if you want to sponsor me totally after that um but yeah you know sometimes we need to understand food is fuel at the end of the day
1: absolutely it was it was fuel at that point it wasn't i didn't enjoy it i didn't think what am i eating all i needed was something to just fill me up as quickly as possible so i could get up and as you say either go to my bed or get back out and and serve some more people um and I really, uh, I really struggled with that. And I struggled with the mental aspect of not being in control of that, not being in control of what I was eating or what time I was eating. Sometimes on a Saturday, I'd start at midday. I'd have a breakfast in the morning and I start at midday and I would sit down to and eat till half past nine. And that just wasn't, wasn't what I was used to. wasn't what my body was used to. Um, so I realized kind of at that point that, that the only thing that I had control of at was was my exercise um and that's when I started at five weeks to fit and um at that point that was the only time of day and this this is going to sound so so silly and so poor me poor me and that's not what it's meant to be but it was the only time of day between 6am and 7am that I had to myself that I was it was all about me I was forcing myself to get up I didn't have to think about anybody else everybody was still in their bed and I could really focus on me and what I wanted from it and it became really really important to me the routine of it because the routine of food and the rest of my life was kind of out the window that that became my main focus for feeling healthy um, in, and kind of and and keeping fit and I don't think you really well I certainly didn't realize how important exercise was to me until the pandemic hit and at that point for all of the options of exercise to be just taken away from you overnight was massive absolutely massive Okay, the first couple of weeks it was like oh god I'm so happy I don't have to get out of my bed at six o'clock and go along to made green and you know but after a couple of weeks you're like no no you need this I need this I need this for my mental health and um as well I think when when the pandemic hit I was so used to having a target to work towards a holiday a wedding, a night out, something like that, that suddenly all of those targets just kind of fell to the wayside. So I didn't have to watch my watch, my, what I was eating, watch how much alcohol I was drinking, um, make sure that I was exercising for my own sanity because I wasn't seeing anybody else. I was only seeing my husband, my son and the four walls of my house. And I think at that point, I thought, I could just give this up I could just I could live without fitness you know I'm almost an almost 40 year old woman who who needs to be fit and kind of two three months into it you think it's not about the fitness anymore it wasn't about the fitness anymore it was about the routine of it and you know massively the mental health benefits of it that me time that was previous when I was working and all of that and it was so important to me then it became even more important to me and I was I I didn't have a busy life I wasn't going out to work I was doing a little bit of homeschooling or whatever but it became so important that I could turn around and say no I'm going to do an online zoom class at this time nobody come in this is my point to just sit down and do it for me and it was something to control, something that I could control. And it brought you back to some level of normality. You know, logging on to a Zoom class and seeing the wee faces of people that you're used to seeing on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning was just absolutely amazing. And you felt like you were still part of a community of sorts. You don't have to physically see people to to, to be part of that community is, is what I've learned from it. Um, but it was so motivating And it was lovely to have the choice to do that because a lot of your choices of other things had been completely ripped away from you. You couldn't just go to the gym or, you know, at one point were we only allowed to go out for an hour's exercise. You know, that was phenomenal. Well, your choice today is to either go out for a a lovely walk with your family or exercise by yourself because you want to go for a run. And you think, oh, gosh, I can't make that decision to be selfish and go, I'm going to go for this run and you two just go out for your walk. It's just not it just wasn't it it wasn't a choice since then what are we a year down the line like massive amount of time has gone past everybody's life or sorry some people's lives have turned completely upside down I would probably claim that I'm one of these people some people's lives haven't really changed very much you know they're they're key workers and kids have still gone to to school to some extent um But my life has turned upside down. And I think now I realize exercise is 100% about my mental health now. It's not about comparing myself to other people or trying to run a 5K in a certain time or a 10K in a certain time. I just want to be able to go, I did that. I went on the bike today for 10 minutes. Good for me. Do you feel better about it? yes I absolutely do feel better about it and I'll feel even better about it tomorrow when I start feeling the benefits my lungs get better and my legs get stronger and I can go on that stupid spin bike that you have that counts the calories really really slowly that you burn (laughs) that's the devil bike um it's it's about progress now it's not about a target anymore
0: for me Social media is so powerful. I discuss this quite a lot in many of our podcasts and lots of our posts across social media to try and emphasize again this balance of this is just the highlight reel of somebody else's life. It's a highlight reel again of what you're trying to portray as a business, as a person and It's so clever. People are clever in marketing. You've got a big business that is trying to sell you waist trainers or trying to sell you shakes, you know? That is not just a self-employed, one-person business. That has a lot of people in the background working to ensure that their marketing is enticing, that what they are showing you on social media is really going to grab your attention so that you purchase these things. A film that I watched during lockdown in this past year was the social dilemma. If you've not seen it, oh my gosh, this will totally blow your mind and you definitely will need to give it a watch if you're a person that is on social media often and kind of feels like they do have a wee bit of anxiety being away from their phone too. The impact of our actions through the use of these apps and how we portray on the people around us, not just our young kids, on or teenagers on other people around you, your friends and your family, because the way in which you, you interact through these apps and the way that you start to move these interactions into daily life, the more that we're gonna start to impact generations to come. We talk about maybe teenage daughters and they're always saying, you know, I never want my daughter to go through this experience when she's my age to be unhappy with her body for so many years, well, so many decades to come drive into them that they're never going to be satisfied and they're never going to be happy with the way that they look unless they're constantly on a diet or constantly wanting to lose weight. So unless we take action and start making change of what we are trying to portray in social media, we're just going to continue with the same unhappy, unhealthy relationship with health and fitness. I think as
1: well, the the social media aspect of health and fitness over over this pandemic has been well some of it's been disgusting some people have made absolute millions out of it I do now look at them and go I know what you're doing and you're preying on people here who feel like as you say you have to come out of lockdown the best you've ever looked the slimmest you've ever been the fittest you've ever been and that that that's not what it's about at all and and I was thinking about it the other day and I thought my whole understanding and, and my realization of what is important to you and all that that has all changed during this pandemic, purely because I have an eight year old though If I was to do this pandemic uh, ten years ago, I think I would have one hundred percent been doing those online blooming you know three classes a day an abs class in the morning then that then only have like one poached egg for your lunch and then you know and if you do that you'll look like me and you'll have abs like me I'd be like yeah I am there I'm signing up to it 70 pounds a month take my money make me look like that but now I'm slightly older and I've got a wee person to think about it's completely different. Joe's like friends and family and the people that we have around like in our, our community, in our locality, they are his social media at the moment because he doesn't have a phone because he's only eight. And he looks around and he sees his dad going out for a run, his mum going for a walk. I'm going for a walk because I need some time by myself. And that's totally okay. Pre-pandemic, I was trying to not hide my fitness, but I was trying to fit it in. And what I should, without him, and what I should have been doing would have been trying to show him how important it was to me, and saying, "I'm taking some time for me because of X, Y, and Z." Not where are you going? I'm just going out. You know, he, he knew I was going to coach Lucy. Are you going to coach Lucy? Going to coach Lucy? Yes, yes, yes. But there was no discussion as to why I go and the benefits that it, it is, it has for me. And so I think this has kind of made me realise that we are now showing him the positivity of. Exercise and mental health, and I mean, we put the exercise bike back in in the spare room, and he got on it this morning. Can I get on it? Can I go on it? And it used to kind of be like, no, no, just get outside and play football. Just get outside and play with your friends. And I was like, absolutely, get on that. Touch the heart rate buttons. Let's see what your heart rate is. And he was absolutely exhausted after three minutes, but he had seen me on it for ten minutes before, and I think he kind of looked at it and thought if she can do it, then I can do it. And that is just so positive. That's a positive impact that I've had on him rather than going, oh, I have to rush about and, and do my fitness kind of roundabout you. Whereas I should have just, I should have been
0: explaining to him and including him in what works for me and why I do it it's a constant battle of one extreme to the other you know you either play football just for a friendly sport or you play at a professional level there's no kind of happy in between of you enjoy taking part in exercise you enjoy doing these things and when we constantly portray this kind of one extreme to the other it's hard to let other people understand that it's okay to be in the middle of that position and sometimes that's a comfortable place to be. You know, you don't have to be a professional to still enjoy and take seriously what you do.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's what's really important. I think for these little people as well, I think for them, it's good to see other people doing things that isn't to a completely professional level. But you know what? It's, it's still an absolutely amazing level. The other night we were in the living room just like carrying on. Joe said, do you think you could put me above your head and squat me? <laughs> now, I mean, the boy's like 150 centimetres. He's almost as tall as me. I was like, well, well I'm, not, I'm not sure. I can like squat a fair amount of weight with these thighs. Thank you very much. And um, I didn't put him above me, in my head, but I held on to him and I squatted him. And my husband, quite frankly, couldn't believe it and that big competitive face came on well if you can do it then I can do it and blah 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 blah, blah. and and it was just quite funny because it was nice to be able to go to you know what body better at you than something and I'm a woman and you didn't expect it either and it was good for Joel to be able to see oh Daddy's not the big strong one. Daddy's always been the big strong one. Pick you up, run, run around after you. You know, mum's been too busy cleaning or or, or doing whatever. Um, complete, you know, stereotypical gender roles that people, well, I, I've certainly fallen into by, you know, not even trying. And um, it was so nice for him to, the, for the rest of the night to keep saying to her husband, mum, can pick me up and squat me, but you, daddy... You really, really struggled with that, <laughs> and I think that's another thing as well that I had never done PT before. Obviously, it was something that was way outside my comfort zone. But with with the pandemic and then with your with my mindset kind of changing, it was something that I, I decided was important for me. And now I couldn't imagine my life without it. You know, it's so so important to me because I'm um, showing Joe that yes you can ride a bike run a 10k run about on a football pitch and that is wonderful but there is other aspects of fitness that are just as important and um i'll come back from pt and he'll say how many did you do today how big was the kettlebell today (laughs) So he, every every week he'll say, how many of them did you, how heavy was it? Was it one and a half of me you can lift now? Or is it two of me? Do you think you could lift daddy? It's those, those kind of things. And he knows that I'm getting stronger and fitter. And that is just beneficial for him to know that that is just as important as him being able to run about for 90 minutes in, in a football football match
0: guarantee there's still a large percent of our population that really struggle to understand that people exercise not just to lose weight guarantee that if you were to say to somebody sorry uh, i've got i've got to leave you i'm just heading to my pt or i'm just heading to the gym instantly they'll be thinking oh lucy's on a diet lucy's trying to lose weight Lucy's trying to look better for a wedding coming up for they immediately put it down to factors of weight loss to factors of you want to change your body shape you know you want to be on a diet instead of actually just thinking of oh do you know what that's great she looks after herself you know health and well-being is is a part of her life instead we've always put it down the path of this person must want to lose weight, they must be miserable, they must be unhappy because, God, why would you want to exercise? That's such a horrible thing. And when we ingrain that in our older society, it then ingrains that in our younger society too. So our little people start to think, Mummy must exercise because she doesn't like her body. Daddy must exercise because he's unhappy with the way he looks. Teaching them that exercise is part of a daily lifestyle is so much more important than encouraging a diet absolutely that's that's not beneficial
1: at all and i think it's taken a long time for people to kind of put one one comes in hand with the other you you do get people that are you know fit but unhealthy and then you get the opposite as well you get the people that are super healthy in in, in their their eating habits and everything but they, they don't do any sort of exercise um, or walking or anything like that. And I think for me to get to that stage of it being 50-50 is, is really important it has been a massive massive shift for me but I was having a conversation with some of the like other mums on like whatsapp the other day and I said you know and I'm always looking for people to come to PT with me (laughs) does anybody want to go to PT with me (laughs) so I would really like two sessions a week but some would say that might be excessive (laughs) and uh I said, if anybody ever wants to come to PT, you know, just let me know and we can book you in and it's not scary. And they're like, no, no, I I can't do burpees to save my life. I can't do press ups. I don't want to run around somebody else's garden. And I'm like, you have got the absolute wrong end of the stick. If that's the kind of PT that you want to do, then absolutely, like there's loads of people out there that will do that. But
0: I can't do burpees to save my life anymore either. And to be honest, I don't want to. Finding your relationship with fitness is like having your first partner and going through a really difficult relationship, being really unhappy and ending things on a bad terms. And then you're always going to have that memory of, oh God, like warning signs, triggers to get out of that next relationship or just having a misunderstanding of, of what it's like to be with another person and be happy. People have that same feeling about fitness as well because they've had a bad experience with a personal trainer or they've heard through the grapevine that I went to such and such session and they made me cry. I was sick. I couldn't walk for a week. People had people have a misunderstanding of what it is to go to a personal trainer or to be coached one-to-one. They don't fully understand the process, the programming. And unfortunately, because of some day, who also has a lack in knowledge of that and maybe shouldn't be training other people, that's had a knock-on effect to loads of other people that would then stay clear of fitness for the remainder of their life.
1: It's never been just about a burpee. It's been a burpee with something else or it's been, you know, it's been four or five different exercises altogether. It's never been, let's just whack out a minute of burpees here and try and kill ourselves. That's not, that's not, that's not the plan. Um, but it's funny to have conversations with women that are obviously the same age as me a few of them are are quite fit and they're runners and the idea of PT to them is horrifying they think people are going to stand there and tell them how terrible they are at things and shout at them and tell them they need to lose weight and you think oh my goodness where has this come from where has this where has it come from because I never had that idea that that's what PT was like. I never thought it was going to be the easiest of things.
0: And if it was easy, then, you know, you you wouldn't go. But why do they, why do they think that? Your own definition of health or healthy is going to change through your own personal experiences and what is going to be manageable for you and your lifestyle. And it's important to learn from that, to retain what's important and fish out all those myths that... Don't add any value to your experience or your life.
1: People, I think, just massively struggle with what actually is, what does healthy look like? What did or what did healthy look like? What does healthy food look like? Is it all, it's all just rabbit food and, you know, all of that. And, you know, the majority of people know that that's not exactly true, but there's still a stigma around that. Oh, I try to eat healthy. Oh, do you just eat salad all the time? You never have a McDonald's. You never do this. You never have a treat. Well, no, it's not about that. It's about trying to find a kind of an equilibrium in life with everything that that you do. Um, and I think as well for a lot of these companies, although previously when I was when I worked for them or was a member, you were encouraged to exercise, but also by exercising it allowed you to reward yourself so if I went and did a 5k run and I burned whatever you know 300 calories they would then allow me to use those 300 calories to eat them again and it's kind of like that's not necessarily beneficial mentally you know, that's 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 whole other level of I must exercise so that I can, you know, I must do a 10k run to burn off that bottle of wine. It's it's it comes hand in hand. It doesn't always do that. 75% of the adult population struggle with all, all of those things, trying to find a kind of a happy medium, a yin and yang for everything. And that's why things like Slimming World, Weight Watchers, they'll never go away because they will always work for somebody and until that i mean you probably hope that in some you know later in life things like you know your quick fix diets will disappear will be banned you can't go in and buy slim fast herbalife because replacing a meal with a shake unless you are you know training for something in particular, I would have no idea what that would be, but uh, unless you are training, you're a professional sportsman, women, um, you wouldn't need to replace a meal with a shake or a bar. These, those kind of diets sit very uncomfortably with me. I know people who have had massive success with them, but it's not a lifestyle change. It's not, it's not educating you at all with, with with regards to food. It's, I knew a girl who, um, had lost six stone on, what's it called? The Cambridge diet. Six stone. In quite a short period of time, I think. Maybe like, maybe like five, six months, you know, quite, quite quick. And, um. Because she had something, she was going on holiday and she didn't, she had seen pictures of herself on holiday before and it didn't want to look like that again. So, you know, she was on it, um, she had a focus, she had a, a timeline to deal with and she lost, you know, held a lot of weight obviously, went on holiday and came back and had gained three stone because she went to an all inclusive and, in her words, went mental literally from morning until night and you think what have you learned from that what 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 have you learned from that nothing That you're you're constantly going to be losing an excessive amount of weight to then put it back on again to then lose it again to put it back on again and that's when the kind of the timely thing comes in you know you're not you you have a wedding a holiday a night out to to look towards and you think oh I really need to look my absolute best, my thinnest. I need people to say to me, you look amazing. Where I would rather somebody just said, do you go to the gym? Look like you go to the gym. And I'd go, yes, I do. I do. <laughs> it's called Lucy's Garden, but it, it it is a gym of sorts.
0: How often do you let things like the scales dictate your success and how to measure your success is finding appropriate ways which are going to work for you because ultimately if you've made a hundred major changes to your lifestyle to benefit for not just a short period of time but for a long period of time surely that is going to be the way to measure your success rather than jumping on the scales to really push you back down to a place of being miserable and unhappy and unsatisfied because you feel as if you've not worked hard enough or you haven't made any change because that scale number hasn't changed or grew with you yeah
1: i mean i think i've i bought a set of scales at the beginning of lockdown and um much to your dismay lucy um <laughs> it was the ones that give you your body fat percentage although i know it's not it's not exactly accurate. And it gave you your muscle mass, yeah, bone density, all like protein, BMI, obviously those kind of things. Your metabolic age, you know, if you're older or younger than you actually are. Um, And quite frankly, I became absolutely obsessed with them, obsessed with them. And all I could focus on though was the weight number and the BMI. And I just wanted it to come down. I didn't care how that came down and then when I started going to PT I thought no we have to put the scales away for a wee while we'll take like a screenshot of what we were at the beginning and then in a couple of weeks we'll see what that is um and I have put on weight but I've also put on a hell of a lot of muscle and that's like that's to be celebrated that some of the weight that I've put on isn't just from eating lovely bowls of carbonara every night (laughs) as a treat. Um, But it is from hard work and lifting weights and, and and going to PT and and doing a bit of running or cycling or going out those walks. And you think if I just had a, a bog standard scale and I was just looking at that weight number and it hadn't gone down, it had gone up, I would have been like, Oh, PT is an absolute waste waste of time what's the point when I'm just putting on weight who cares who cares that you can squat your eight-year-old you know above your head who cares about that what what is most important here is that number but actually giving me all of those other aspects has allowed me to track it to go well look at that look your metabolic age is the same age that you are like I will take that I will take that right now um and that was really interesting for me because i think that is a that's a massive change in my in my mental image of my body and what i expect it to look like
0: if you find yourself in this position listening to this podcast thinking do you know actually i agree with the points that lucy's making here right now Agree with the things that she's saying I'm going to ask you this question What has changed for you in terms of how you exercise And your why What is your reason of Why you train Why you exercise And why you incorporate this into your lifestyle And maybe if some of the questions That I've kind of went through with Lisa On our podcast today You've maybe felt Yeah I'm still kind of in that place of This is how I feel when I exercise This is why I feel I exercise Maybe ask yourself, is there a way in the next year, the next couple of months or even the next few days or weeks of a focus that I'm going to exercise because this is the reason why I feel like I should, not because it's going to improve my weight, not because it's going to help me to lose weight, not because it's going to help me look a certain way.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest change for me is the reason for doing the exercise has changed. At the very beginning, it was to reward myself with an extra packet of crisps, glass of wine, whatever it was, and to not feel guilty about it. Then as I moved forward, it was, it became a bit competitive. With myself, um, I have to constantly be better. I have to constantly be moving up these weights. I'm not moving up these weights fast enough. So therefore, I'm not exercising 100% all the time. I absolutely was, it was just that, you know, I had a full-time job and a family and, you know, at some points in, in your life and weeks you do get run down. I had a child that didn't sleep through the night until he was five and a half and that is absolutely no joke. And I still would go to the gym and beat myself up about it. And you think, your Fitbit told you that last night you had three and a half hours sleep, you know, give yourself a break. To now, I think the reason the reason that I, I exercise is really twofold. It's and I think previously, sorry, I only ever exercised for myself. It was purely for myself. Now I exercise to show Joe like how important it is, how important it is to me, how good it is for my mental health, how good it is to do things. As you say, you don't have to be running or cycling or you know, um doing a doing a boot camp all the time to be exercising. We need to just be outside. We can be outside as a family, walk along the golf course, cycle together, you know, and that's that is fab. But I also I do it for my own mental health. I don't do it to reward myself with wine or or crisps or chocolate or going out or anything like that. I do it because it benefits me massively mentally. I can have that time to myself. I also feel like I don't I'm not just trying to fit it in. I, I work other things around exercise. Whereas before it was like, where can I fit it in? Oh, I can only fit it in at six o'clock in the morning, right? Well, that's just going to have to do. You're just going to have to find something that fits in there. Whereas now I'm like, no, I've got PT on Tuesday morning. So do you know what? I'm not going to work that day or I'm going to start later. Or Stephen will have to take Joe to school because I'm going to PT. It's become a lot more important and taken a lot more focus than it did before in a different way, if that makes sense absolutely and I think as well as I said like about school and stuff like I never really found a sport that I was particularly good at and it didn't really stick with me and so I think for you know 15 years of my life I was like well exercise isn't for me do you know what exercise isn't necessarily just about a sport or being bloody good at a sport it's just about trying and trying and trying to find different things that you fall in love with you know what I used to I used to love kettlebell classes and now I'm like oh god No thanks. Try to do something else. But that's just you just move on. It's just um it's just so important in our lives now. And I think it's important for the 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 younger generations to see that. And I think sometimes I was actually quite pleased at school the other day, they had an online like P lesson and um they basically did like a mini hit class and he was in agony the next day. And I thought that's really funny because you would run about on a football pitch for hours, hours and hours and hours. You'd play golf for hours, you could do a bit of rugby, you know, hide and seek. But the hip class, oh my goodness, I should have seen their med face was. And the next day he was like, My legs are very sore today. <laughs> and I thought, do you know what? That's really good that they're not just playing games. Because I think sometimes at school it was like you just play games, play volleyball, play basketball, dodgeball you know, and, but actually there's other areas of exercise that you could really, really enjoy
0: and it's nothing to do with
1: a blooming ball.
0: When I was younger, I used to think that exercise was only playing football. It was playing hockey, it was swimming, it was dancing. That's the only way I could have understood what exercise was. But exercise to me now... Is training. It's been able to run. It's been able to swim. It's been able to lift weights. It's been able to work out for a long period of time. It's been able to do all these things and being able to adapt my body as best as I can. Not in terms of shape and structure, but in terms of the way that I exercise and what I do. It's putting your effort into something not because you want to be the best at it, but just because God, it feels great to put some effort into something you enjoy. You know. It's being a little bit more careful about the words we use in terms to explain our own experiences and how that could come across to somebody else and how that might deter them. Today's episode of A Couple With A Coach. I hope it's kind of spurred up a conversation about your reasons why behind your own training and fitness and your health and well-being journey. Again, I look forward to speaking to you on the next one. Guys, have a wonderful day.